Welcome to Rooted Within with Lily and Dan, a podcast that shines a spotlight on positive change makers, sharing their stories of legacy, inspiration, and impact. Each episode, Lily and Dan will speak to individuals who have made their dreams a reality, exploring their journeys, mindset shifts, and what motivated them. Join us as we explore the lives of those who are making a difference and let their stories inspire you to achieve your own goals. My first thing they said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to do a helicopter ride around the Burj while it's being built. Uh, I want to do jet skiing. I want to every extreme <laughs> You're sport. You're just off bucket yeah. list items. I was a tourist being paid as, to be a tourist. There were many times like, I did a bungee jump and there were many times I thought, I'm going to die on camera and it's okay. They'll get it on camera. I'm going <laughs> to die. So we talk about consciousness, uh, soul contracts, spirituality, mindfulness, uh, higher power. It's not about religion. He'd come in and make sandwiches and say, here guys, have some food. He would get on with everyone, all of my friends. So he was such a family man, but so good at his business and taking care of people. He would just lift the room. I never saw him down, like negative or anything. And we're working on a track right now. And the best thing about it is it, I'm doing it out of pure pleasure. If something happens, great. If it doesn't, I'm not dependent on it. Rooted Within with Lily and Dan. Good afternoon, Lily. How are you? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm getting in there quickly. Oh, Dan, Dan, Dan. I am well, Dan. How are you? Yeah, very good. Uh, we have another good episode today. I know, we have a brilliant one, but I would like to hear you introduce. It's very easy, this one. I've known this yep. lady for a long time. Welcome to our studio, Poonam Verma. Thank you. You didn't invite me. I forced myself on. <laughs> it's kind of a true story. We were at an event a couple of weeks ago. It's like, hey, how are you? It's like, you know, that typical Dubai thing where it's yep. like, not seen you for ages. And then it's like, oh, I see you got a podcast. It's like, I'm coming on. I'm a guest. I, I would like it, that though. I kind of did it as a joke because it sounds very bizarre, but I was so nervous coming here. I'm terrified talking about myself. And I'll put it in context. As a, I used to be a singer. As a singer, I have sang in front of 70,000 mm. people. It was easy. I never, t- first of all, I never knew you were a singer. So we're going to get I'm to that. I'm make, making a note. Here we go. I had a TV show for eight years, as you know, on yep. Dubai One. I teach people how to be confident in front of the camera, everything. But when I have to talk about myself... It's different. It's different because I think I grew up in an age where if I have an issue, I talk to my family and my close friends. Whereas yep. today, everyone puts everything on social media. Yep. It's very public. I still don't do that. I still think you should reserve certain things about your private life. Yep. I don't either. You rarely see anything per- personal you don't from me. You. No, I don't. I try to reserve my personal sort of business everywhere, but personal is a little bit more discreet these days. Yeah, work on absolutely fine yeah. to do work. So, obviously, people may know who you are. You just mentioned singer. You worked in television. It's her, no, out and about. I need some time and out. About. Out and about. I remember back yeah, in the day. It was the first lifestyle entertainment show. Yes. That was incredible. And now you're working on radio as well. Yeah, Dubai Eye Radio. Ah, so now you're making me feel nervous because we're interviewing you. you know what's it's it's normally the other way around. It's going to turn into. But how have you always been um, curious about people? Because all the things that you've done is, is, is very much driven by a curiosity. Or is it something else? It must be. I've never even thought about that. Lily, not, <laughs> Lily always asks very deep questions. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not nosy, but I am interested in other people. Mm. It, yeah, I must be. Thanks, Lily, for letting me know. <laughs> And why do I get the feeling this is going to be a very interesting episode? It's a different energy already. <laughs> so I want to take it back a little bit because you just mentioned like singer. But like yeah. before then, like how, what? So when I was about 11 or 12, I used to love writing poetry. I've always been creative. So I used mm. to design clothes. I used to do paintings. And then at 13, I was writing poetry. And then someone said, oh, you need to watch this film called Purple Rain by Prince. <gasps> Game changer. Yeah. Everything changed in my life. 
all mm. those poetries, the poetry turned into music. Yeah, because that music was incredible. I would study Prince, the way he performed, yeah. the way he wrote music. Melodies. I wasn't even a musician. I thought if he can do it, I can do yeah. it. And I ended up, fast forward, um, meeting a lot of record companies. I recorded in recording studios. I've written over 250 songs. I've recorded 20, performed in front of 70,000 people. Uh, 70,000 uh, people at a time. Of, are you seeing our faces? <laughs> yeah, which, like, hang on a minute. 70,000 people at a time? Like, what, in that was one. my first, first concert. 70, <laughs> so your first concert was 70,000. I mean, you started small. I, I can't, it, when people come up to me and go, yeah, I'm performing in front of five I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> Come back to me when you what get What was that? Um, it was for New Year's Eve in my hometown in Birmingham and I'd won okay. Best Music Artist uh, for Capital Radio, yeah. which was BRMB back in the day. And um, they said you need to perform in front of 70,000 people. And literally, me, my sister and my brother were practicing in our room and we performed on stage. They you all performed back, together? They were my backing singers. Nice, yeah. little, little family business going like on. What's, what, what sort of music? So here was the issue. I grew up listening to a lot of Indian music because I'm Punjabi. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then I grew up listening to funk, Prince, Sade, R&B. Oh, Sade, so I'd Sade. fuse it together. The issue was we didn't have the internet or social media. Mm. Yep. So you had to have a manager. You had to have a record label yep. backing you. It was very controlled back then. Oh, it was horrible. So, yeah. I, you know, I would see, I met Sony, Columbia, Arista, all these people in London. And they went, can you do something like the Spice Girls? I went, no. Can you, otherwise, do you have to do pure Punjabi stuff? I said, no, because I'm in the middle. Yeah. Mm. Nobody got it. Those days, nobody got it. And um, I was recording for 10 years in my life and by accident I became a presenter but I was pursuing a music career and then I came to Dubai to do the TV show but were you a presenter before you came no, to Dubai? I never wanted to be a presenter. I never okay. wanted to be a journalist. I never watched the news. Yeah, you just wanted to be a singer at that time. Yeah, so everything that I wanted never happened. It's like they say the universe. Mm. It yeah. called it knew my talents better than I did. Mm. Um so I just listened to it. So how do you get to how Dubai, it, though? Yeah, how did it happen? Again, it's very bizarre. So I ended up becoming a radio presenter for doing all the travel news. Yeah. What happened is I sent my CV to a radio station because I thought, I love music. Mm. I'll be in a radio station. Yep. And I did a marketing degree. And he saw that I sang. He said, oh, let's get her on the radio to do the travel news. And I said, I don't want to be on the radio. <laughs> You're going to sing the travel news. Yeah. And he forced me on. And, he, and for one month, he listened to me doing all the travel news, you know, coming up the M6 yep. and everything. And he called me. And he, I'm sure I've heard you before. Huh? Yeah, you so I did all the stations around the UK because there was one place where the traffic came from. Okay. From north, south, yeah, everywhere. And he said to me, Poonam, you're so bad. Yeah. You're so bad on the radio. And he said, because I didn't care about the job. I didn't yeah. even want to do it. But why were you so bad? I don't know. I should listen he, back he, to it. I know really. he never gave you any feedback. You just said you were bad. No, but then he said, but then he said, yesterday you did a really good bulletin, so I'm going to keep you on. And I was like, okay. Like I really didn't care about the job mm. yet. And then I thought, okay, well, fine. you could probably hear it through the. But when it, when it's your yeah. voice, yeah. And if you really don't care, yeah, you can tell it by translates the tone. through the voice. Yeah. Because while I was doing that, I would work four days a week and three days I'd be making music. So music mm. was always at the forefront. Yeah. And the this passion. Just, yeah, you're like whatevs. Yeah. And then the BBC heard me once and I realised I was quite funny on air with the DJs. I'd play with them. And they called me in to say, would you like to do the breakfast show? So then I ended up again with the breakfast show thinking, all right, I'll do this. But I still want to make music, yeah. right? And then as I was doing the BBC, I ended up becoming a journalist. I did a six-month postgrad in journalism because mm-hmm. it just is a better level as a presenter. It gives yep. you a better yep. grounding. And uh, there was an email that came through, my junk email. And you know when you just delete all your mm-hmm. junk email? Yeah. I just thought, what is this one? And it was from a lawyer and it said, uh, Dubai One TV are looking for presenters. This email and this advert never left the UAE. I was the only one that it accidentally came to. And he sent it to me by accident. 
He didn't know who I was. I didn't know who he was. So I opened it. And I'd just done a video of myself doing a showreel as a yeah. presenter. Just for fun, I just sent it. Very next day, they'd already done auditions at Dubai One. I get a call going, can you please come to Dubai? We want to give you a TV show. I thought, this is a joke. Who like, does that? You're like, where's the camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's this the is camera? a joke. And it wasn't. It was real. And in two weeks, packed my bags and I was there. That was a whirlwind. It was crazy. Crazy. How did but my gut instinct said, just go. If it's not real, come yeah. back. Do you often rely on your gut instinct? Oh, totally. Yeah. Sometimes it's got me, it's it's wrong because I give people the benefit of the doubt and sometimes. True. I'm, I see the good in people. My sister sees the bad straight away and she's usually right. <laughs> I, I figure it out a year later. Mm. Tell us about the show. The show was incredible. The show was amazing. So I was the only presenter in the first year and a half and I had to do every, I was basically a tourist doing everything in Dubai. What so an I had awesome do, job. Huh? Yeah. What an awesome job. Yeah, I know, I did, my, first, my first thing they said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to do a helicopter ride around the Burj while it's being built. Uh, I want to do jet skiing. I want to do every extreme <laughs> You're just sport. You're ticking off bucket yeah. list yeah. items. I was a tourist being paid as, to be a tourist. And then we'd interview like chefs, celebrities, mm. we'd do film festival. Everybody that came into town, mm. there was no social media. Yeah. So we had access to everybody it was it was incredible and then we started traveling we went to the Maldives yeah. went to Hong Kong went to the Seychelles we were featuring resorts outside what was, what was your like, favorite oh, there we go I just got to ask the same question ask the same question just differently come on you go first what was your favorite or the one that really stood up the cra- the craziest one um maybe jumping off Ziggy Bay like Ooh. you're just literally running off a mountain going I hope this parachute opens <laughs> Literally, it's, it's like, thank God it opened. There were many times like, I did a bungee jump and there were many times I thought, I'm going to die on camera and it's okay. They'll get it on camera. I'm going <laughs> to die. The things that I did, I can't even, I didn't even have insurance when I look back on it, but I never, ever injured myself touch wood. Okay. Yeah, I was blessed. It was been an incredible experience. It was crazy. When I look back at all those videos, I'm like, how did I do that? Because I, I wouldn't do that anymore. You know, as you get older, yeah. you're a lot more safer. Mm. So why wouldn't you do that? It's like the fear kicks in or a little bit more sensible. Yeah. So it was funny when we had to the bungee jump because my co-presenter Lane, he's like, he got there and he's like, I'm not doing it. I got, well, Lane's also slightly mental. He would know he'd back out. Did he? Yeah. He was like, I'm not doing it. And I went. So now I have to do this. And literally I was so like, oh, and I was like, okay, it's fine. I'll do it. Going up and everyone's going, go, Poonam, go, Poonam. The camera's there. Pressure. And then I look down and you see me on the GoPro going, oh my God, oh my God, I don't want to do this. And you see the guy gently push me. He's like, yes, you are. Freaking out. But I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I've done those things. I was getting paid to do these things. If I wasn't, I'd never do them. So before you, you go, go, I'm no, going to say, go. is there anything that you wish you could have done that you haven't? No, I feel like I've done everything. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing. I, I've done so much in this. I feel like those eight years, I did more in three lifetimes than most people do. <laughs> yeah. The amount of stuff I did was crazy. Incredible. But like, had you not received that... If what? I'd rece- deleted that junk email. Yeah, yeah what would have happened? Where, where do you think you'd be now? I don't know. I think probably still be at the BBC. I was trying to get into TV and it's very difficult. Yeah. The media is very competitive in England. It's yeah. so difficult. And you're very categorised like Brit-Asian. Yeah. Mm. Whereas when I came here, I was just a presenter. Yeah. Mm. And I think the BBC having that credibility was, it, they they liked that because they knew I was experienced. You know, yeah. I was a script writer and everything. So I have no idea. Probably be married with three kids living in well, Birmingham. Do you, do you think that email came to you because maybe you were, do you, prior to that, did you sort of live it, live it safe? No. I've always been quite impulsive, but we don't have extreme sports in Birmingham. (laughs) I mean, Friday night in Broad Street is an extreme sport. Yeah. (laughs) True story. You don't get beaten up. Yeah, Yeah. you're lucky. Um, No, I think, what was the question? Let let me rephrase it for it to be a bit clearer. Why do you think, if if you were to say why it was that you ended up with that email... 
I think I know I manifested it. Yeah. What, what do you so think it was? I used to love traveling every weekend. Ah. I, I think I did like 25 different European trips in two years because the flights were really cheap when yeah. we were going then. And I had this urge to just, I don't know, it was just a different change of energy. And I, mm. and I liked getting out of my comfort zone. And I used to be obsessed by travel shows. Okay. Obsessed by travel shows. And I just kind of, uh, one day with my friend for a joke, we just did like a show reel pretending I was doing a travel show in Egypt. I think I manifested it. Mm. Yeah. She talks about manifestation and energy then. It's quite spiritual. I am very spiritual. So we touched upon this. This, uh, is why, this is why I'm going down this route mm. now because we touched upon it when I saw you the other week. Yeah, I'm a metaphysics, metaphysics practitioner. What is that? So meta means beyond. Physics yeah. means the physical. Yeah. So we talk about consciousness, uh, soul contracts, spirituality, mindfulness, uh, higher power. It's not about religion. You know, that, that saying we're all spiritual beings living mm -hmm. in a temporary physical body. Yeah. But we forget. We think all the labels are us. Yeah. All the color of our skin is us. The religion is us. Our job is us. It's all temporary. You're so, and I, I started a, a page, um, an online travel spiritual show called Soul Traveler. And I called it Soul Traveler because I say, when you pass on, it's the soul that keeps traveling, mm. whereas the body just dies. Wow. Mm. But soul contracts are very cool. So soul contracts, you, the way I see it is the three of us made a soul contract to have this conversation mm. today before we got here. Mm. Okay, tell me more about this. I've never heard about a soul it's contract. Very cool. So it's, it kind of helps you get through things in many ways. So let's say, you know, if a relationship breaks down or somebody passes away or you don't get a job, if you think, well, okay, before I came onto this planet in this body... I made a soul contract. These are the lessons I want to experience and learn. Okay. So if that person goes, that was their time. The lesson's been learned mm. and I can't keep clinging on to it. So us three today now having this conversation somehow came together yeah. to say, let's have this conversation. You know, maybe that's why I came up to you and said, get me on your podcast. Yeah, maybe. You know, it's very interesting. So the metaphysics as a whole, what's, what... Where does it go? What's it supposed so to I, be about? I did metaphysics because I was grieving and okay. I realized nobody talks about grief. And you can't because unless you've gone through it, you don't understand it. Mm. And it could be the grief of a, someone you love, an animal, a divorce. It doesn't matter, a marriage or job or whatever. It's the love that you have. I went that. through that last year. Yeah. Who, who are you grieving for? My dad. Okay. Yeah. I've never talked about it because I can't. It's really difficult. Yeah. But I had a a mental breakdown and it wasn't a mental breakdown. It was just grief and everyone mm. thought I was crazy. And it was part of a spiritual awakening too. And I couldn't get any answers. And I don't know how I came across metaphysics, but if you read The Secret, the majority of people who've written in that are all metaphysicians. And I was mm. like, what is that? It's the most easiest subject we should learn. And as students, as young kids, everyone should spend a month learning it. It emotionally uh, helps you with what's coming in your life. But why do we not learn it as kids? The same way we don't learn about savings, investment and money. I think there's a big conspiracy going on, but I won't say that on the podcast. <laughs> That's a different podcast. It's a whole different podcast. Um, oh, I was about to ask a question. I can't remember. Were you spiritual up until that moment of yeah, grief? Yeah, I've had some spiritual experiences that I couldn't explain. Like, Such as? Um, so I was in Hawaii once. And that's got a lot of spiritual energy because a lot of the writers like Dr. Wayne Dyer lived there. And, and Why is that spiritual energy? Because like it's maybe the earth it's the way regeneration. It is. Yeah, there's certain areas. Like yeah. Ibiza has an area which is um, female energy. I mm. filmed there as well for Soul okay. Traveler. They say that about Byron Bay as well, female yeah. energy. Yeah, and it depends where it is and what's happened around that area. Um, and in Hawaii, I remember I was sitting on the beach and I was really, it was the first I've ever been from my family. And my cousin was next to me. The whole beach was covered. And um, the next thing I knew, everyone had disappeared. There was just silence. The sun was setting and I heard this voice saying, 
everything's exactly how it should be. And for three months, it was like I'd taken some drug. I was on a high. Yeah. I just saw beauty and everything. Yeah. And I remember going back to San Francisco with my cousin and there was a tramp sleeping on the street. And I just smiled at him. I just had so much love for him. I was like, what is going on? But something happened, but I didn't understand it at that time. It was like, it was a nice spiritual experience. Whereas you do go through dark nights of the soul when it's things like grief, but they they take you deeper. And I yeah. think it's because you have to evolve to the next level. You can never stay the same person. Yeah. I mean, it's all levels of learning, I yeah. guess. And it's hard. With each experience. It's not nice, all of it. No. Everyone goes, oh, it's a nice spiritual awakening and, you know, love and light. I hate that. It's actually quite painful because you then start to really look at yourself and your inner self yeah. and start to understand things a lot more. When you start to unravel and, like, take away the layers, it can get really deep and it can be quite emotional and it's overwhelming. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. And, I, you know, people say, do you regret things? And they say, no. Yes, I do. When I look back and I've evolved as a person, there's mm. so many things I regret that I wish I'd done differently because I'm older and I can see it. Yeah. You know. So I do. Anything yeah. in particular? Um, oh, you're going good. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been, I've been trained. <laughs> um, I think settling down, actually, yeah. that's a big thing for me because I'm very family orientated. And, you know, I kind of make that excuse, not an excuse. I kind of say, well, at least I'm not stuck in a relationship that's bad, which a lot of mm, people are. True. You know, and also sometimes I think, Maybe I was, I was meant to do this to help other people or to use the skills that I have. And if I had children and a husband, it might not have got this far. I don't know. Yeah. So it's trying to accept where you are, especially coming from an Indian community where marriage is extremely important yeah. and family. You do kind of feel like the black sheep. Yeah. But... I also know I've always, yeah. yeah Persian. Yeah. But I, I, same, I, same scenario. I, I, I get you. I get you. Yeah. But at the same token, I know a lot of people look at me and go, oh, wow, you know, the things you've done. Look at the life you've lived. Yes. Yeah. So do you not think that a big part of it, like for me, it was very much a case of only if it's right. Totally. Totally. Only if it's right. Yeah, so yeah. if it wasn't right. I mean, you'll never get it perfect. This is the thing. I've yeah. Not saying perfect. No perfection. But what's right for you. Yeah. yeah. You, know, well, you, you feel it only Absolutely. if it's right. So yeah. that, that's always yeah. been my answer. And I no disrespect to all the men here, but I do think emotionally and spiritually men are still kind of far behind when it comes to that aspect. I would and agree I think, with that massively. Yeah, and I think yeah. a lot of you are getting there really yeah. are. Um, and it's not your fault. It's just the way we've evolved. Um, they weren't allowed to. We were, we were, just, we were just talking about this yeah. today. Yeah. It's because they, they weren't given license yeah. to necessarily no. go there. But it's like, so I was going to say like my own like awakening, like mm. last year, as you know, mm. me and Lily have talked about on many many episodes or in person, you know, I was completely emotionless. I had no feelings apart from anger and frustration. Um, I wasn't in tune with emotions. I didn't really have those solid friendships. I couldn't articulate that connection. Mm. And then through an awakening, a series of events and experiences, like it really opened my eyes up to spirituality and the mm. benefits that that can help. What was your awakening? What was mine? Oh, wow. There you go. You just like to be the, the flipped. interviewer. The table has flipped. <laughs> um, Welcome to the Poonam Show. <laughs> <laughs> mine was, it was a moment last year, it was at the Middle East Event Awards and it was the culmination of probably about two months of pure frustration and I was just really angry and I couldn't understand what I was angry at, but everything would trigger me, everything. Wow. Um, and it was from a place of exhaustion We've gone through COVID, you yeah. know, everything for our industry, as everyone knows, was really challenging. Lily was one of them. She actually called me one day and she was like, I'm really worried about you. She went, there's something going on right now. You need to get help. I'd resisted and hesitated for such a long time. And then... The scary part was you didn't see it. I couldn't see it. I thought that I was, was normal. That was the scary part. I thought I was completely normal. And then when 
a big eruption happened, mm. I was like, wow, I don't like that person. Wow. I didn't like what happened. And many people were physically crying at the way that I had made them feel. I went away for a number of weeks on the holiday. I was on a flight. Go. I went to Barcelona. Mm. In Barcelona, I, um, there was a, a ceremony happening on the beach called Pechamama. Um, and my friend who's slightly spiritual was watching it. And she said, come on, we should join in. And I was like, Look at these crazy people. I was like, I'm not interested in this. I'm going to watch it from afar. Um, so anyway, we watched it. And then she did it and she came over and she was like, I think you should do it. Because she knew what was going through. Um, so anyway, I did it. And for those that don't know, like basically a shaman, you, you get down into your underwear. A shaman says a prayer. He blesses you. And then he essentially hits you with stinging nettles. That like you then go into the sea, you cleanse yourself mm-hmm. and you come back onto the onto the, the shore. And how did you feel? Well, he they did the ceremony and he asked me a question and the question was like, what do you wish for? And I had nothing to say. And the only thing I could say was, I just wish it was better. And then I did my thing. I did it and I came out. Didn't feel anything at all afterwards, apart from interesting experience, learning things. I'm on a holiday. It's a thing. Mm. However, after that, a series of events happened that I can now relate back to that moment because it was all the stepping stones to make it better. Yeah. Um, I met an incredible friend whilst I was travelling in Salome who opened... The one that I met. You met, you met him, yeah. He's going to be on one of our episodes, actually, mm. so this might be a nice little segue. Um, who you met, yeah, and someone who completely changed my life wow. um, through conversation and openness. And it was the first time ever that I'd had that emotional connection with someone and felt free to be able to talk and open yeah. up. Yeah. And, and, and this really annoys me, Um and that's women empowerment groups. So I went, yeah, Lily's on my way. <laughs> Lily, Lily's just like a cat then. Like went, just a back went up. I was invited on a panel for women empowerment and I said yes. There was nine of us. And then when they got to me, I said, I don't believe in women empowerment. And they all went, oh my goodness. I said, what you're doing is you're separating the men. They need to grow with us. Yeah. And the reason women have been suppressed is because of the men. So they need to understand for their daughters, their sisters, their yeah. wives, what they need to do. You're, you're making the divide wider. Worse. Yeah. 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 Especially for men, like, you know, some of our episodes, which we talked about is, you know, men have always been conditioned to man up and to not deal with a problem and to be strong and, and bold you, and masculine. You know, they talk about this man cave. I don't believe in that. We all need our space and our time. Yeah. But we shouldn't call it a man cave. If you're in friendships or relationships, you have to learn to talk. And I know men yeah. haven't been able to. And maybe it's the way women respond. Because one thing is like, you know, I remember seeing my dad cry once freaked me out yeah. I'm like but he, he's it's supposed not, to be he's the not rock. supposed to yeah. do that so how am I supposed yeah. to deal with this so we do look as husbands and brothers to do mm. that too and we have to change that as well mm. within us and do you think that's changing now though because I think, I think it's getting of, better I'm interviewing a lot of men in this space because yeah. you've, you've passed on a few to us yeah. um, Sahil for example and I ask them questions all the time because they're educating me like where have I gone wrong with like yeah. my brothers or my partners and things like that Yeah. where, where do you think you've gone wrong I think I've expected them to be exactly like my dad because he was perfect. Yeah. Totally, totally. Because that's what you're conditioned to believe. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all but cycles. What, but what was perfect? I can't fault the man. As in, mm. he was the most amazing father. He was the most amazing husband. Like every morning he'd get up, the first thing he'd do is take my mom a cup of tea. Nobody else. That was it, right? Oh, you're doomed from there. You were doomed from yeah, there. That exactly, was it. <laughs> exactly. And like, it, it, he, w- he managed his business and he got so much respect, but he still managed to balance his family life. Yeah. He was at every school show and he still did his business like he was so loved by the community and he had such a positive outlook and he just like he was like if we were sitting here now and we we're at home he'd come in and make sandwiches and say here guys have some food he would get on with everyone all of my friends so he was such a family man but so good at his business and taking care of people and he whenever we were around him he would just lift the room yeah. I never saw him down like yeah. negative or anything so for me I've always been around that high energy yeah 
So if I'm around people are low energy, I've got to the point, I'm not going to fix people anymore. I've got but, to that point. But is someone who's high energy all the time necessarily truly high energy? No, not high energy in the sense that he's hyper, but he always, like, you know... Well, positive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. his upbringing was tough, you know. Mm. They were had to leave Pakistan and became refugees and then, you know, start all over again oh, in wow. India when it was split. Yeah. And when he talked about it, obviously he'd cry, but he never let it... It, it was no. never like indulging in it. I need to talk about it. I need to carry it with me. He's like, keep moving forward, yeah. you know? And that was the strength that he had. And I think a lot of that generation did though. They mm. got on with it. And I think with the younger generation on the radio, I'm meeting a lot of young kids who, mm. have, who have depression. And I do ask them, I said, listen, I, I was a teenager and I was down, but I called it sad for a few days. Be careful what you're calling depression and mm. you want to fit in and what is sad. Do you, well, that's an interesting question because do you think that as great as it is that now we live in a world where you can talk about things a lot more and it, it is a lot more open, yeah. right? Is the word depression thrown around too yeah. quickly? Totally. Is the word ADHD thrown around too quickly? Yeah. Is anxiety thrown around too quickly? As soon as something yeah. happens, you're depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like I've caught myself, you know, times having a conversation with a friend just going, you know, I'm really flat. And then I will say to them, I'm not depressed. You yeah. know, don't like before you go there, I'm just having a flat day. It's almost like putting labels quite trendy. It's, it's sort of because I once had a friend sort of do I go, mate, I'm not, I'm good. Yeah. I'm just having, just having a bad day. day. Yeah. We, never, we never grew up as kids going, I'm depressed. We're like, I'm just feeling down. I'm just not happy. It, this word is thrown around so much and kids want to fit in. So one of my cousin's kid, a daughter, she was telling me in her school, the kids compare which therapist they go to, what antidepressants they're on. Wow. Excuse me? Because you want to fit in, you think it's cool. It doesn't mean that some of them are not going through it. They definitely yeah, of are. Course. But you've got to be careful because as kids, you know. Well, they're very impressionable. Yeah. yeah. We all were when we were young. Yeah, very, very much so. Wow. Do, do, you think, do you think the older generations were more resilient then? Totally. They didn't have as much as we did. They didn't need to compare as much. Now these kids have got social media. It's making them feel it's insecure. Which is very it tough. It is also tough yeah. for them. I like in many ways, we had it easy. I'm so glad we didn't have it. So <laughs> who's more resilient? It's it's such a, it's it's a just, huge it's topic. It's different it's, now, isn't it? Yeah. You know, what you need to be resilient of is completely mm, changed. Totally. Completely changed. Like you just mentioned, like you were so glad, you know, you know, social media. I'm so glad some of the things which I had yeah. as a kid was not captured for oh. social media, was on social media. Oh my God. We horrible. Got, well, we got to bullying. have our childhood. Yeah. yeah. You know, Can you imagine being bullied in a world of social media? Like it was hard enough in school, yeah. like... Now when people yeah. trolling you online and some of the verbal I, hate and stuff I'm like that so goes. I'm so glad we didn't have Instagram when I had the show out and about because I wouldn't want people commenting trolling. on it. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, you, you're so, everyone's sensitive in some capacity and it affects you. Well, we're all to be. so glad that I didn't have it. I really am. That's why I don't put personal stuff up because it's no one's business. Yeah. I don't need a stranger's opinion on my personal life. And that's the thing. People like to give opinions now because it's from the safety of a keyboard. You know, it's not necessarily in front I of somebody. I sort of find that I, 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 can't, I, I can't do it. Like, you know, last yeah. year with, you know, with my dog passing away like that was yeah. a huge thing for me i never put it no. on no, I, and i couldn't do it yeah like i actually why couldn't you do it but i couldn't do it because one i i found it to be a bit superficial i, I, I found get, i get that i think it's because it's that our generation you know where we didn't grow up sharing everything i felt no but i felt like i was and this is no disrespect to people that do because everyone's got their own way you know some yeah. people find solace in that space yes but for me i felt like i would have been disrespecting something that was pretty painful yeah. and it was big that oh wow this has happened i watched my my dog get hit by a car go under a car in front of my eyes yeah. and the rest of it like you know oh the, going to like it's horrible it, it was horrific it was horrific 
But to then put that online yeah. and all that, I couldn't do it. And what killed me was one time someone said to me, some, the news still got around. Yeah. The amount of outpouring of love I got during that time was it was humbling yeah. because I've, I've lived a transient life for 17 yeah. years now. So I didn't, I wasn't expecting to have a circle yeah. around me. I wasn't expecting to have support, but it was crazy. I was literally, was not left alone. Yeah. People tag teamed. I had a friend that literally moved in that very night and stayed with me for a month. Like it was beautiful, but the news went around. I didn't share it. Yeah. It went the normal way. And I was speaking to someone and the, later on and it came up and they said, oh, I didn't know. You didn't post it on social media. Oh, you wouldn't. And I'm just like, no, it, it was, they didn't mean any harm by it, but I was sort of like. But you know what I think people forget? Everything is energy. So what you put out mm. there, like when people post a lot of their kids, their relationships, mm. there are people out there who don't wish you the best mm. and they're putting no. that energy so, on you. We're going to go back to the well, spiritual well, thing. Again, we're Persian, man. We were the evil eye. We're all but there. That's the thing. That is a thing, isn't it? Because mm. there, was an, there was something which happened to me probably around about two months ago. And... Um, I was feeling really attacked. Like every single day, for whatever reason, I felt like just something was out there that was very negative. And that was kind of manifesting itself in paranoia amongst my friends and amongst colleagues. I, I, I thought they had like ulterior motives and I was getting very paranoid. I went to a spiritual healer um, and she basically said that somebody had put the yeah. evil eye and it was a thing. And It's just energy. People call it evil eye, but it's energy. You can have bad energy, good energy. Okay. That's all it is really. Like it, it's what you vibrate and draw in and draw out, yeah. right? So if, if like, let's say you started feeling paranoid yeah. and you start, so that negative, you start so being, I said being negative, you, I was you manifesting, were literally I was saying, that. hey, negativity, come my yes. way. Everything. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, but that's why they always talk about, you know, positive thoughts, yeah. being grateful, yeah. waking up with gratitude every day. What is that? That's nothing more than regulating your energy. But it was interesting because somebody said to me, it's like, well, you're, you're, you're very visible. You're promoting things. You're on social media. You know, you're successful with your business. Of course, there's people out there that might not necessarily yeah, see that as a positive. that's also a work thing. I think there's nothing you can do. And that's part yeah. of your work. We work in the industry well, where we have to marketing. do that. When it comes, yeah, yeah it's advertising and marketing. It's but marketing. when it's your yeah. personal life, I, I say yeah. protect yeah. it. I can't. Agree. Okay. It just, um, it's sacred. Yes. Yeah. That's the word I For use. For me, it's, it's sacred. sacred. Yeah. You know, who, the people that I love are sacred to me. That's my the, family is sacred to me. Yeah. That's exactly my, my, how I my, it. my fur baby is sacred to me, even though he's got his own Instagram page and it kicks ass <laughs> on mine. But again, even the photos I put there, there, it, there's, it's, it doesn't go. There's yeah, a, I still, it's still sacred. It's still protected. Yeah. You know, something's got to stay from me. Yeah. You know, and, and just remember, but that's me personally. A bunch of strangers that are following you that you don't know. If something happens to you, they don't really care. It's no, just, true. They'll flick through the next one. Okay, yeah, she's going through something. It's the people around you, and they're the ones that. I don't need to look on social media what they're doing. We'll call. Yeah, you know. You have conversation, oh, like, actual dialogue. That's the thing for me. So I, I do I do look when I when I scroll through social media, if I see someone's posted something and it's, you know, bad sad news or yeah. they've posted, you know, a, you a, a line, something like I don't go on to that and go, hey, are you okay? Unless it's someone, you know, a bit distant. But normally they'll get a private message from me. Yeah, you pick yeah, the phone. Um, or like I that. pick up the phone or I send a WhatsApp. For me, that's that's the yeah. real care. Yeah, I don't even know? wish people happy birthday um, on Instagram. The only one I did for the first time ever was my best friend who passed away a few years ago. Okay. And it's because his wife wrote this message and I thought it would help people through grief. Yeah. And that was the only time I ever did it. Other than that, yeah. I, I'm going to call you. Yeah. You know? I, I wish people happy birthday that I don't see or yeah. they're like a, sort of five, six, seven degrees of separation. But my closer friends, I'll do a fun one for them, but they will always get a private message or a phone yeah. call. You know, I realized it was, um, 
it was one of uh, older colleagues that I had when I was working agency side and they're not WhatsApp people. They weren't mm-hmm. WhatsApp people. And I was call- like, everything was WhatsApp and all this. And they would call me and it was brilliant because they reminded me, they're like, sorry, you want to talk to me, pick up the phone. They reminded Good. me of that. And now for me, I will pick up the phone and call. I realized, I'm like, hold on a minute. We're getting lonelier and lonelier. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I feeling lonely? Because I chat to people all the time. I'm like, no, you don't I'm, realize. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm having a conversation in my own head because I'm reading WhatsApps. Yeah. And then from that point, that was it. I started calling. But the curious thing, not everyone picks up the phone. No, she's she's right. Or I'll call them and they don't answer. And I'm used to it now. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to, but I'm still going to call. Yeah. And then it's like you call, they don't answer. And then you WhatsApp going, oh, I was just uh, just calling to see how you're doing. And they go, oh, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, screw oh, you, you mate, pick up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, it, it was, it took two of my older colleagues yeah. to remind me, mm. hey, we're old school, man. Pick up the phone yeah. and talk, yeah. you know. And, okay. and I think a lot of that is sort of, Gone to the wayside. Wow, we've really we really digress. We always do. We cover all sorts. Like yeah, very random. (laughs) So back to you. (laughs) What's next? What you do? What are you up to? What's going on? So with the music. Yeah. Um. Since I've been here for sixteen years, I remember coming and I wanted to do music, Mm. and I couldn't find anybody. There's Sony Music here, but they focus mainly on Arabic tunes and stuff. So I kind of gave. There's not really a big music industry here, you know, as much as people have tried. They do music festivals, but they're really bringing people from abroad. Yeah, it's not course. the people here. I mean, yeah. we had Breakout Dicks, yeah. which was amazing. I didn't know like some of the people that were here. Yeah, they're great. But they're they're not they're not getting worldwide no, it's publicity, hard. and it's and it's tough. And, and I you think also don't get the support from anybody. Really, we don't though. get the support here. No, we don't. Not at all. So um, I don't know what happened, but three four weeks ago, I think it's because I started EMS. I was telling her, mm. and I had so much energy, and I was yeah. like, I need to create a project. My mind, I just need energy. I need to do something. What's and EMS? Was, sorry, EMS. The, what I've been doing for the past two years. Oh right, okay, sorry. The exercise, you know, the, the, the where 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 it God, took me it took you, me a few moments. Yeah, on social, on social it media, took me a few moments to uh, realize that I was being electrocuted for twenty minutes. Okay, so it's giving you lots of energy because <laughs> you've been zapped well, no, by ten thousand volts. Well, because you put on a lycra. Uh, you know, your lacquer on. Then they put a suit on that they've drenched. It's wet, and then they put these electric electric. Sounds no, like some sort of like waterboarding. Pretty like much, some sort of but, torture. but it took it literally took me a few seconds. I remember the first time I went. I went because a friend of mine wanted to do it, and she just uh, couldn't afford it. And she said, "Do you want to do 50-50? I go, "Well, you know, why not? It's exercise. Oh, I'm I'm in it. Let's try." It. So basically, you got back to music because you've been electrocuted. <laughs> Pretty much, essentially, is what we're trying to, to say. Life. There we go. So come on, carry on. Yeah, right. Um, and then I was like, I've had enough of this. I need to do some music because I miss it, and I miss writing, mm. and I miss just. Did you miss it over that 16-year period? I, not really, because I think the TV show right was so exciting for me yeah. that it was fine. Something else was filling yeah. that creative void. Yeah. It was so creative, it was fine. And then recently I'm like, I need to do something, but my confidence level is gone because I haven't sang for ages. So you feel like your voice is still there. Because yeah. so, it, it requires, you've got to yeah. keep it practiced. It's a muscle, right? yeah. you've got to train yeah. it. So. so I started doing a lot of poetry to music and I thought, okay, I can still do some singing poetry if I don't mm. feel confident yet to get to that level again. And... Um, I was like, I'm on a mission now. And I was asking loads of people that come to the station, uh, producers, you know, do you have any music? Can we do something? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nothing happened. And then I asked a friend of mine at Virgin Station, Virgin Radio, who work all together. And he recommended this guy who's grown up here, has been here all this time. And I texted him, didn't know me, didn't Mm -hmm. know him. He said, just come to the studio tomorrow. And honestly, it was like, thank you, God, even though it took 16 years. And we just literally on the same mindset. And we're working on a track right now. And the best thing about it is it, I'm doing it out of pure pleasure. If something happens, great. If it doesn't, I'm not dependent on it. Do you think you manifested this one as well? 
I think EMS did. <laughs> <laughs> the electrocution did. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm taking it, you. The electrocution put you me. out there in the universe. Seriously, I'm taking you sometime. <laughs> no, but I guess it's like the, the classic, classic story of like when the time is right. I mean, it's taken like 16 years I'll to get to that point. I'll call it the midlife crisis album. <laughs> oh, it's a great, I mean, I want to see the cover. <laughs> That'd be a great piece of artwork. Yeah, no, it'll be fun. But he's he's similar to me. He fuses like R&B and funk mm. with Asian Arabic stuff because that's okay. the same as me. Mm. So it was the same thing yeah. when we met and it was great. And um, now I've just got to write the song. Um, I've, I listen to the music and then it takes me 15 minutes to write a song. I, I write it really quickly. because yeah, it's there. Yeah, if it doesn't flow, it doesn't flow. So. Where do you get that inspiration from for songwriting? That's the weird thing. It's like when I had my TV show, we had inspiration come all the time. We'd make things up on the shoot. Mm. I don't know. It just, just happens. It just happens. How Michael Jackson says, it's just given well, to it's me. In the shower. They say the best, the best ideas come in the shower. I've never had anything in the shower. Oh, I've had loads in the shower. Really? Mm. Apparently just before you sleep or just before you wake up is mm. where many people get I, good ideas. I, I, I get them 3 a.m. Well, in the morning sometimes. It's, it's, <laughs> to keep you awake, insomnia. <laughs> basically, it's the concept of it comes to you when, when you're not yeah. focusing on it. Yeah, you know, there's a great story. I don't know how true this is, but there was a story about Michael Jackson and Prince because, you know, they were Mm. like rivals. And uh, he woke up and he had the lyrics of the Earth song and he didn't want to write them because he was too tired. And And he says he went back to bed and then he heard a voice going, if you don't write it, I'm giving it to Prince. And he got a wake up. Yeah, I heard that. I don't know if it's true, but... I mean, it's it a great sense, story regardless. But it makes sense in my head when something yeah. comes. It's given to you. If you don't do it then and there, well, who yeah. knows? Nice. So, what? I'm, get, I'm getting the, uh, I, I'm just checking. Uh, the, it's you're looking right, over. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got the look, but I want one more I question. Can, I can feel the question bubble. I can feel that energy right <laughs> so, now. Your EMS is pulsating. If I go five years, take us five years, oh. 10 years in the future, and we've brought you back on the show, what are you doing? That's a good question. Well, I would have told the world with my midlife crisis album. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. Um, do you know what? I would love to say I can answer that, but I think the older I get, the more I think I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I true. think just appreciate every time. I, I've never set goals. Mm-hmm. I've never had vision boards. Mm-hmm. I've never had journals. Um, I'm a great believer. Like, for example, two months ago, I sat in my balcony I said, you know what? Whatever you want to give me, just give me. Mm-hmm. Within that week, Deepak Chopra came in my hand for an interview. Mm-hmm. Within that week, things just started coming and I'm like, yeah. okay. So I'm a great believer in just relax and receive mm-hmm. because what you think might be good for you is necessarily not good for you. Very true. Yeah. That's actually very true. Very, very yeah. true. What you believe to, to be what you require at the time. All right, so five, ten years from now. That's it. What be- about you two? Where do you want to be in five years? <sighs> For me right now, retired. <laughs> I don't know, traveling the world, having a great time. Yeah, with a family right now. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, doing something. Five to ten years time. Uh, probably running a lot of, uh, looking after a lot of orphan children. Really? Mm, that's all I want to do. Look really? after look that's, after kids see, I do and that. giving them a future. Home. I can't go oh, to orphans. I, I just collect orphanages. I, I need a really rich husband. Okay, I'm going to come and get a child from you. But, but no, I'd, li- I'd like to help kids. Yeah, Always have nice. uh, kids that didn't get a chance. Because yeah. I was very lucky from the perspective of my, you know, I'm a kid of war, basically. You yeah. know, my parents left Iran when I was a kid. Had they not done that, I would not have the life I have today. So I am so grateful for that because I don't know what my life would have looked like mm. if I was still back in Iran. It'd I be completely different. Well, I wouldn't have the freedom I've had. Yeah. So, you know, I think I've told you, yeah. I think, Dan, I've told you this before. My parents, um, 
as a legacy to my grandmother because she loved education, we built a school in one of the poorest places in my grandmother's hometown. Um, I'd love to firstly go and help those kids because they're Persian kids like me that, you know, they don't have means because it's honestly one of the poorest regions. If I can come up with a program that these kids might actually be able to go overseas and study and have a life that they never would have imagined, that's what I'd like to do with the rest of my nice. life. Nice. That's so sweet. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 Poonam, thank you and so much for joining. Chihuahuas. You want lots of chihuahuas? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Poonam, thank you so much for joining us. Thank it's been an absolute so pleasure. Thank you for letting me force myself on your <laughs> uh, It was good fun. Good yeah. fun. We have to get your friend on as well. We need to do the palm readings. Oh, yeah. yeah. She'll just do palm readings for you live. We did. She Brilliant. did mine. Let's she do did it. Mine. Next. I was like, wow. Oh, my God. I'm scared wow. now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Guys. It was Thanks, brilliant. Lily. Thanks. Nice to meet you. It was lovely to meet you. Thank you for listening to Rooted Within. If you like this episode, please make sure you drop a follow so you never miss an episode in the future. Rooted Within with Lily and Dan.